0: We're thankful for you, and when Christ brings those into the church family, Rebecca Fayot was very much a part of us. Rebecca, come up, please. Rebecca was a part of us from here in Greenwood, educated here, then went on to Anderson University where she graduated, and then... Uh, teaching down in Albany for over 10 years. And now our Lord has brought Rebecca Fayot back to us, back to Greenwood where she is athletic director and coach at Palmetto Christian Academy in Greenwood. And she has been worshiping with us since she came back to Greenwood. And uh, she came before uh, your elders and again shared of her need of Christ, and trusting in Christ only to meet her needs and uh, wants to be a part of this family. And she expressed that to her elders. And now she is, again, very much a part of us. Good to have you back, Rebecca. So she is now a communing member of GPC. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thankful for Rebecca and her family and all of you. And thank you for the love and care you're sharing for one another and for us, uh, my family. Uh, You have loved us and continue to love us well. My Glenda is doing well from her total knee replacement. She wanted to be with us last week and this week. Uh, But the staples are her main concern right now. She hopes to get those staples out of her knee this week and eager to get back with us, but uh, uh, she needs to be at home having that propped up right now. But thank you for the love. Thank you for the delicious meals uh, we're enjoying and rides you provide for our family. Pastor Paul, you already know this, but I know of no congregation and they can surpass you. Now listen, family. I'm so glad all of us are here today. I just commend you for setting your clocks and being here. But very serious now. What are at least two truths that Satan does not want you to know nor believe? Now, there are many, many truths that the devil, Satan, and his demons do not want you to know and believe. Yes, Satan, the devil, and his demons are very, very real. And I want us to see two truths today that he does not want you to experience. He does not want you to know. And he does not want you to share. And we're going to see as we've begun when I'm preaching until Pastor Paul takes over his wonderful series on truths from the great hymns of the faith. We're looking when I'm here at the gospel of Mark. And we're just beginning this great, great book. And we see in today's reading and also throughout Scripture the extraordinary power and goodness of Jesus Christ in defeating and disarming Satan. Satan, the devil, and his demons do not want you to know that. He does not want people to know of Christ's power and of Christ's goodness. He does not want people to know that he, the devil, Satan, has been defeated. Disarmed. He wants you to fear him as the Almighty. That is a lie. Jesus Christ, we're going to see in Scripture, is most powerful of all strengths and most holy. And Satan knows it. He knows he's been defeated. He knows his limited power has been taken from him. He knows that Jesus Christ is the holy God and he does not want you or anyone to know that. Knowing, experiencing, and sharing the goodness and power of Jesus Christ. That's my focus. That's Christ's focus. He wants you to know. He wants you to experience. Jesus Christ wants you to not only know it and experience it, but share it with others. The goodness of Christ and the power of Christ. Let's look again at the text that which we're seeing here from Mark 1, 21. Mark 1, 21. And immediately, those two words, and immediately are throughout this great short book of Mark. And now Jesus has gone into Capernaum. That's an important city. It's a fishing community. It's an important place on the map where roads would come in and out. It was an important place. And Jesus goes there. And he, as he often did, immediately going into a place, he goes to, it's the Sabbath, and he goes to the synagogue. Now remember, a Jewish Sabbath, that holy day, began Friday evening through Saturday evening. Okay. It's the Jewish Sabbath, Friday evening, Saturday evening. That's the Sabbath. So he goes, what he does, he goes to the synagogue and begins teaching. What's the synagogue? The synagogue is a place where the Jews would worship. But it was more than just a church. It was an official place in a community, in a city where they would carry on business. We would want to say it's something like city hall or something like the courthouse. Business would go on. People would meet there, but also people would teach. And so Jesus goes to the synagogue and he immediately begins teaching about truth, about God. His teaching was different. Look at what Scripture says in verse 27. The people heard Him. They were astonished at His teaching. They were amazed. They marveled. This Jesus is different. He teaches with such authority. Not like their professionals, their scribes. And probably it really confused them is He's not one of us. He's not gone to our schools. Isn't he a carpenter? He's not one of us scribes. But they were amazed, astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority. They admitted he's different. But then something happens. And immediately as he has finished teaching, In the synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. This man who came is demon possessed. The devil, Satan, has demons who follow their master, the devil. And this man, look, he cries out. He sees Jesus. Look what he says. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Do you see that? Even the demons sent by Satan, the devil, know that Christ is more powerful than they are that Jesus Christ has the power and the ability to destroy them. That's wonderful that we can know Christ who even Satan knows he's limited. I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Do you? Know Christ as the Holy One of God? What does that mean? That Jesus is perfect, He's holy, He's different. There's none like Him. Jesus Christ, the Holy One, is a spirit. He's infinite. He is eternal. He is unchangeable. In His wisdom, He is power. He is holiness. He is ultimate justice, goodness, and truth. Do you know Him? I know so little of the Holy Christ. The devil knows. Satan knows. And his demons know. He is the Holy One of God. Ha, ha. Look how Jesus uses His power. Ha! Rebuke him. Be quiet. Be silent, demon. Demon, come out of that man. Did you love it? The goodness, the power of Jesus. Quiet, demon. Come out. He must obey. He must obey. Look at verse 26. That unclean spirit, as he's coming out of that man, takes that man into convulsions. He's convulsed. Look, look. Convulsing him, crying out with a loud voice. Was it a scream? Was it some kind of shrieking noise? We don't know. But in such a loud voice, the devil, Satan, his demons must obey Christ. Look at the people. Verse 27. Whoa, what has just happened? They were amazed. And they began questioning among themselves. What is this? What has just happened? Can you imagine what they saw and heard? This, this new teaching, this authority. He commands even unclean spirits, and they obey Him. Wow! They must obey Him. And at once, immediately, his fame, his reputation began spreading everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. He was the talk of the town. Can you imagine all the conversations? Yeah, I was there. I saw it. I heard it. Uh, No, I wasn't there. But my family was. My friend was. It's real. This Jesus has this kind of power that even the demons must obey him. What is it that we are to know, experience, believe, and share that Satan does not want you to know? He does not want you to know that Jesus Christ is good with ultimate power. Such power that he, Satan, is defeated. He does not want you to know that Jesus Christ is the Holy One of God. But that's not the only time that Jesus showed his power against demons. In Mark chapter 5, ooh, I love it there is a man so demon-possessed. He lives in the cemetery. He lives among the tombs. People would come and shackle him and put him in chains, trying to calm him down, and they could not. He would break those chains. All in Mark 5. Unclothed, cutting himself, Deranged with demons. And Jesus confronts him. Look at verse 9. What is your name, demon? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus earnestly not to send them out of the country. We're many. Listen, family, I don't know. But I know what a legion is. A Roman legion is 6,000. 6,000 is a Roman legion of military force. Does that mean he was possessed by 6,000 demons? I don't know. But we know he was possessed by many demons. He identified himself as a legion. My wife and I and our oldest child turned one while we were in Korea as missionaries. And soon after we arrived in Korea, we were Out in the country area, and I saw her, a woman, in her black, in her motions. I knew that's a witch. And she's attempting to cast her spells. Folk, demons are real. But the good news is. Satan, the devil, the demons have been defeated. You do not need to fear demons, the devil. For Jesus, the Holy One, has defeated them. Look at Colossians 2.15. I love this. Colossians 2.15, speaking of Jesus Christ... He disarmed the rulers, the authorities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. That's what God did through Jesus Christ. Here's what Christ did the picture here is two military forces coming to battle and at war, two military forces. Battle at war. One defeats the other. They are either now killed or become prisoners of war. They've lost the war, the battle. And they are what? Those who are surviving are disarmed. Their weapons are taken from them. They are now prisoners. And in the context of war in biblical times, then the conquering commander brings his own troops and those they have defeated and disarmed, and they parade them as prisoners of war for the king to say, look, king, look what your army did. We defeated them. We disarmed them. They're now yours. That's the picture. And that's what Jesus Christ did at the cross and at the resurrection. He defeated Satan. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. He took Satan's power. As one says, Satan is on a chain. You may think it's a long chain. You may see it as a short chain, but he's under a chain. He can only do what Jesus Christ permits him to do. That's good news. Jesus Christ is good. How are we to respond? How are we to respond in everyday life, especially in crisis? in the uncertainty of the future. How are we to respond? First, John tells us, little children, that's who we are. If you're in Christ, if Christ is in you, if you're trusting in Christ only to make you accepted, then you're a part of the family. If you're turning from your sin, if you're turning from your sin, if you're trusting in Christ, that's what he says. Little children, you're from God. And through Christ, we have overcome them. Satan, the devil, his demons. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do you see that? Jesus Christ who is in His bride, the church, is greater than Satan who is in the world. Believe that. Believe that when Satan wants you to fear Him and cower before Him and scared of Him. No, you've been defeated. Christ is greater. Look at James 4. Look at James 4. How are we to respond? How are we to respond? Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil when he comes after you. He is forced to what? Flee from you. He's been defeated. When he's tempting you to think thoughts that you should not think, to say things that you should not think, behavior and conduct that will grieve and quench his spirit, Lord, enable us to submit to you. To resist this temptation to say that. Those thoughts, those fantasies, that temptation to lie. To indulge in adulterous thoughts or behavior. To steal whatever it is. The promise of Christ. We want to submit to him. Resist Satan, he has to flee. Have you ever thought you could never change from your sin pattern? Have you ever thought you'll never, ever be able to change? Anger, rage, other sinful Behavior. To think you'll always live there? No way can I ever change. The good news is the work. It's called sanctification, where Christ enables us to more and more and more die into sin and live into the righteousness of Christ. Folk, the good news is Christ can change us because Satan has been defeated and disarmed. He can rescue you from that sinful behavior. We draw near to God through Christ. He promises to draw near to you. Cleanse our hands as sinners. Purify our hearts for we're all double-minded. Now lastly, I want you to see. I want us to see this. Underline it in your heart. Underline it in your scriptures. When you're going through crisis and you're wondering, has God deserted you? Does he really care? Does he know what's going on? Oh, he may know, but where is he? Why isn't he doing something? Why has he allowed this? I want you to see and believe and remind yourself, if necessary, every day, every day. Romans 8:28, and following. Here we are trying to apply the goodness of Christ, the power of Christ, his goodness, his power, that he is the holy one from God. That His power has defeated Satan. These truths that Satan does not want you to know. Know this. Verse 28 of Romans 8. Know this. Remind yourself daily when you're going through that hard time. Know that for those who love God, who are loved by God, All things are working together for what? Good. Good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Before creation, before God ever spoke and created this world, He called a people. He chose a people. He elected a people for Himself. And at the appropriate time, everyone he has ever elected and chosen and predestined, he will bring to himself. He will awaken to our need of Christ. He will persuade us that Christ is sufficient for your need. If you'll turn to him, repent of your sin by the Holy Spirit. That he's working for those good. Your good has been having been called, chosen according to His purpose. Verse 28. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined, predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Whew. To make you like Christ. Christ. In order that he might be the firstborn among many believers. But then he continues look, those whom he predestined, he also calls. And those he calls, he justifies, he declares righteous, he glorifies. What shall we say to these things? How are we to respond? Listen, listen, listen. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? you're in Christ the most precious gift that the Father could give you is the gift of His Son Jesus Christ. The most precious gift the Father could give is the gift of His Son. Having given the ultimate gift, His Son, when you're going through your pain your crisis He promises He, God, through Christ will what? Graciously graciously provide for your needs. Satan has been defeated. Satan has been disarmed. He's been humiliated. Satan has been humiliated by the goodness of Christ, the holiness of Christ, the Holy One of God that Satan knows. Christ most powerful, most powerful, and Satan knows it. You do not need to fear Satan. Christ has won. He's won. He's the winner. And he will provide whatever you will ever need if you're a part of his family, and the only way to enter in his family is for the Holy Spirit to convict, convict and convince you that you're a sinner, that you need Christ and enabling you to trust in Christ's resurrection as your only hope. Let's pray. Oh Father, hallelujah, for Christ. Defeating Satan, disarming him. Thank you for your goodness, your power, that Christ is the Holy One. May we believe these truths. May we experience them. And yes, may we share them with others. The goodness and power of Jesus Christ. And take this message to those around us to neighbors, to boys and girls at Springfield Elementary, and to the nations. In the name of your Son, amen.